The origin story of the German Studies Association has an almost theatrical ring to it. A small group of scholars interested in German language and culture were attending an academic conference in Tempe, Arizona during the spring of 1976. After a session on German history, Gerald Kleinfeld, a professor at Arizona State University in Tempe at the time, suggested to the group that they should form an organization to build better partnerships. Uh, the nearest uh, German historian, uh, other than myself, but the nearest person in German history was uh, 160 miles away, and the closest other ones were 500 miles away. And it occurred to me that uh, this was not helpful, and we should perhaps have an organization where we could get together, where we could give papers, where we could meet one another and network. When his colleagues agreed, Kleinfeld passed around some membership forms he had created in anticipation of their agreement. That $2 investment in forms led to the establishment of the Western Association for German Studies, known as WAGS. The story gets better. The group bucked some trends of the day and insisted on gender neutrality, equal footing for both German and English work, and a structure which welcomed true commentary and inclusion of young academics and those from underrepresented institutions. Oh, and the decision about leadership? The founders drew straws for the top positions later in the year. From those modest and revolutionary days has sprung the German Studies Association, a growing and influential organization celebrating its 40th anniversary at this fall's annual meeting in San Diego. My name is Brian Shea, and I am the Public Relations and Advertising Coordinator in the Journals Division of the Johns Hopkins University Press. To celebrate this important milestone in the history of our partner, we have produced a series of podcasts looking at the GSA's past, present, and future. We encourage you to listen to all six episodes as we explore how GSA started, what it means to some key figures in the association, and just how they managed to pull off such a successful meeting every fall. But first, back to 1976. The actions of that initial group led to a number of developments. Before long, WAGs not only had officers, but an organizational structure and bylaws. Before long, WAGs not only had officers, but an organizational structure and bylaws. Kleinfeld, who was secretary-treasurer at the beginning, began sending out notices and membership forms. A newsletter bloomed, and the first conference followed with 80 attendees. That meeting took place in October 1977 in Tempe with 11 sessions. Pre-registration cost just $6 and included two cocktail receptions and a prime rib dinner. The conference hotel was a Howard Johnson's, with room rates topping out at $21. This fall, around 1,400 scholars will find more than 300 sessions and much more luxurious accommodations at the Town & Country Resort and Convention Center in San Diego. The cocktail receptions still remain and have blossomed into the important social fabric of the GSA annual meeting, an issue we will cover in a later podcast. But the thread which connects the inaugural gathering in Tempe and the 40th anniversary festivities is the desire for scholars of German language and culture to connect with like-minded people. GSA Executive Director David Barclay said the association provides a welcoming home for those looking to expand their reach within the field of German studies. 
combination, I think, of intellectual stimulation and, and, and the fact that at every hour of the day, we can find people to talk to who in one way or another share a common interest and, and a common language. And that common language happens to be German, of course, but uh, where we all feel bound together by the fact that we have all committed ourselves in one way or another to the same kind of intellectual enterprise. Plus, it's uh, there's just something about the atmosphere of the place over the years, which is uh, um, friendly and, and, and intellectually welcoming in a way that's not true with other academic societies. Word spread about the burgeoning group, and Gerald Fetz found his way to the association in 1978. Now secretary-treasurer for GSA, Fetz was then a young professor at the University of Montana. He heard about WAGs from a colleague and decided to put together a panel for the conference that year in Utah. He said he immediately felt at home. For Fetz, the western bent of the association played an important role in his involvement. He echoed Kleinfeld's thoughts that faculty from universities in that region didn't always have departmental funds available to travel to major conferences held on the East Coast. Uh, you know, it was really important that we have something like this out here that was easy to get to, uh, and that uh, we had the opportunity then to meet colleagues who were from the same region with whom we could work more readily. That was before Internet. Wags quickly developed a strong reputation and jumped the Mississippi, as Kleinfeld put it, almost immediately. By 1983, Wags had grown significantly, and 40% of the membership lived east of the Mississippi. The group met that year in Madison, Wisconsin, where Stephen Brockman had just started as a graduate student. Now a former GSA president and regular conference attendee, Brockman now admits that he and his fellow grad students attended as many sessions as they could and may not have even registered for the conference. If that's the case, he has more than paid back the association with his leadership, which was spurred by his initial conference experience. I was just, you know, there to witness it and to listen. But I remember that it was a very exciting and interesting conference. At that 1983 meeting, the Executive Council voted to change the name of the group to the German Studies Association to better reflect its national and international reach. GSA has barely looked back since. As the association entered the 1990s, Irene Kakandis joined the fold after taking her first teaching job at the University of Texas, Austin. She had attended other conferences earlier in her career, but found herself most at home at GSA. She will preside over the 2016 annual meeting as president, and notes that the organization's 40th anniversary coincides with the 40th anniversary of her first visit to Berlin as a schoolgirl. She says the association made a huge difference in her career. The GSA helped Kakandis for the same reason it has helped so many other scholars over the past 40 years, a commitment to inter- and multidisciplinary work that few, if any, other academic groups can provide. Brockman said GSA helped build a bridge for people in different disciplines who have a unifying interest in German language and culture. It's clear that the GSA has filled a niche, that there was a, a need for an organization like that, that combines both literature and history and politics. Uh, I mean, there was really nothing like that before the GSA. There was each, the his 
historians had their own organization and the language teachers had their own organization and there was an organization for people interested in literature but there was nothing for people who were interested in all of the above this comes as no accident the desire to bring people together existed from the association's early days so much that fetz credited the interdisciplinary aspect of the group as a key reason he got involved in the first place i really liked the interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary approach to things and so it was really an organization that was really right up my alley even though the driving force has remained constant from the beginning gsa has not remained immune to challenges over the past 40 years even the exact meaning of the term german studies has remained a topic of much debate instead of letting those discussions sidetrack the path of the organization the members of gsa have used the opportunity to explore the potential for what the gsa could accomplish through outreach to allied organizations and the addition of new programs to encourage participation at the annual meeting over the years the gsa developed successful partnerships with the german academic exchange service better known as the daad and the Berlin program for advanced German and European studies. Berkham Books publishes Spectrum, collected works from conference presentations. <music> Members also have the opportunity to effect change across the association. In 2006, a pair of task forces were formed to examine issues important to graduate students and new PhDs. those groups disbanded after just 2 years because of the changes implemented including a yearly award for the best graduate student paper in a future episode we will take a look at how the GSA encourages innovation through programs such as the new seminars at the annual meeting they've kept in the tradition of innovation and of taking care of 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 the interests and needs of the membership But the association's bread and butter remains the strength of the research presented at the annual meeting. Kikanda said she appreciates how the association promotes the interdisciplinary work, while also welcoming straightforward presentations and research from a traditional disciplinary focus. This strategy of inclusion has helped GSA grow from a modest gathering in the Western United States to a must-attend event for scholars of many different fields. Margaret Menninger who has chaired the program committee for the past two GSA annual meetings said those who regularly attend the conference develop a unique bond for those of us in this country that do german stuff we're a, we're a relatively small subset of our much larger disciplines whether it's history or literature or whatever and you know we tend to joke amongst ourselves that this is how we where we go to hang with the tribe those bonds turn into more than friendships attendees from different disciplines inevitably begin conversations that can drive new research which will benefit GSA in the future according to former association president Suzanne Marchand There are all sorts of imponderable ways in which this comes up you know somebody um then uh you meet asks you to do a book review um or somebody um says oh yeah i met Irene at a conference and she's working on that you should write to her um all sorts of those informal meetings mean a huge amount intellectually just it's not people sometimes i think overly are overly cynical about networking um but networking has a huge intellectual value it's not just kind of who you know it's then you get to know what that person knows or find out more about what that person 
knows. All that leads to a more engaged membership, which in turn pushes the value of the research higher and higher every year. WAG started as a small group looking to break new ground. Over the past 40 years, the GSA has grown into a much larger organization, but has not lost sight of its original purpose. That spirit will be celebrated this fall in San Diego when the GSA gathers once again. In our next episode, we will take a look at the difficult task of putting together the program for the annual meeting. Please join us as we continue to share the defining story of the German Studies Association. Mm -hmm.